You know, when I was editing the video last week, my youngest was in here. And, like, I did one of those, like, give up battles, you know, where, like, normally the rule is you can't come in here. Yeah. And then half the time I let them in here, but they have to sit, like, in the corner and not touch fucking anything. Yeah, which at that point, like, just get out. Yeah, just get out. You and don't they always. Be in here. It's not fun in here. They always slowly adventure over to all this cool shit. Yeah. And the oldest one will just look at everything. <laughs> and, like, he'll touch, like, a candle, you know? Yeah. And he's, like, side eyeing me, like, does mom know? And I'm like, I yeah, fucking bitch, know. I know. I'm trying to get shit done, though, so I'm letting it slide. And then he'll hear a bad word and he'll be like, why'd you say a bad word? And I'm like, fucking mind your business. Because um, <laughs> you're not supposed to fucking be in here. Yeah, that's what this is about. And then the youngest one, this last time he was in here, I had given up all hope. I was like, I don't fucking care. Burn that side down. I just need to get the shit done. It's yeah. like noon on a Sunday and this yeah. is going to take 500 years to load. So he's over here minding his own fucking business and um, spills fucking yogurt everywhere like it just was I forgot where I was going with this other than it was just like pure fucking disaster because I had given up on my boundaries for a second as a parent yeah they're hostile as fuck those kids they are Damn! Oh, I remember where I was going with this. He was sitting here talking to the mic, and you know how you can always hear yourself? Like, the settings are always set to where if you talk into it and have these in, you can hear yourself. Mm -hmm. He fucking cranked it up so loud, so just now when I put it in, I'm like, oh my god! (laughs) You were talking normally, and I'm like, ah! Like, it's so loud! (laughs) But he was, like, you know, trying to whisper, because I'm always like, don't make any noise, because I have to hear, so I can, like, align the audio and the video. (laughs) Anyway. Man, I won't do anything with my kids around. I'm like, no, good luck. Stay outside. You're such a nice mom. Uh, no, I'm just fucking, I don't have healthy boundaries. I don't think they're boundaries. I think I, maybe they're boundaries. I think I'm just mean. Mm. I'm like, you'll deal. I'm doing that, like channeling my mom, you know? Yeah, like, fuck it, suck it up. Yeah, they're like, stay outside until the sun goes down and Leave then the you can come alone. home. <laughs> the amount of times that my childhood comes up in therapy and I just think wow I'm a vastly different parent than mine I'm pretty sure that's like true for all of us though I mean for the most part it's just like you know like my dad was in the navy he was gone all the time yeah like when I think back I'm like oh I really don't remember him around like I remember like obviously I'm loved and all this stuff and I kind of remember him on the weekends sometimes always doing like a project yeah but like during the week like I would have died of happiness if my parents played video games with me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or got on the ground and played any kind of game I was playing. Yeah. That wasn't a thing. No. They were busy. Yeah. My dad was literally gone the entire week. (laughs) And then on the weekends, he'd be home. And then you were like, tread lightly, there's chores. (laughs) Yeah, like, don't look them in the eyes or they'll tell me to clean my room. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's why you went outside. If I go home, I'm going to have to do chores. Exactly. And now with my kids, I'll be like, hey, bud, if you're bored, go clean your room. And they're like, I don't want to. And I just walk away because I'm like, oh, your screeching voice is irritating my ear holes. (laughs) And honestly, I don't give a fuck if your room's a mess. Yeah. I I clean their room. Which is... You I clean it? Is that what you said? Yeah. Pfft, I should. Half the time I'm well, like, fuck it. And I just shove everything to the side and I like vacuum the center and I'm like, yeah, it's clean. <laughs> to be fair, I only clean it if people are coming over, which oh, means I'll be cleaning yeah. it today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm not like, and anyway, this is where your T-Rex goes. <laughs> oh my God. There for a while, I would pop a gummy and then I would just like organize the fuck all of, out of all the toys because we have like those bins. So I'd yeah. be like, all of these are where your, your like race cars go. Uh-huh. These are your figurines. And I loved it. 
because of the like organizing it felt so good mm-hmm. but then in two seconds it'd be destroyed and I'm like what's the fucking point like they yeah. don't care yeah they don't care also they will never play they have so many toys they never play with until I go in there to start cleaning mm-hmm. and then they're like well don't throw this one away or don't give this one away I love it I'm like this is the container that it, your dinosaur came with yeah like your yeah. dinosaur's gone and it's broken yeah <laughs> and it's like a cheap Walmart plastic one like uh-huh. bro this cost somebody 10 bucks we could chuck it now yeah yeah right. and it's really broken <laughs> My kids do the same thing. Yeah. And then Especially I keep it because like, I don't have boundaries. Yeah. With stuffed animals, though, like, they cling on to it. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, like, toss this one or whatever. And they're like, no, I got that one. It's my whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like. It's not emotionally. Like, yeah. It has a name and he knows, like, where it came from and stuff. And it's usually like, uh, I was playing with it at someone's house. And then their mom said I could have it <laughs> or something like that. I'm like, God damn it. All right. <laughs> Oh, my God. Anyway, how's it going, everybody? I'm good. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm totally fine. Everything's fine. Your voice sounds much better than it did in the uh, voice text you sent me the other yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, I was seriously concerned like, whether or not. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not have a voice all week. Like, uh, it was a whisper. Yeah. It's and a this whisper. was as loud as I could get. So I was really concerned about whether or not we were going to be able to record an episode this week. Yeah, you're crushing it. Like, I was thinking two options. One, you have to research and mm-hmm. you have to bang out another one, which mm-hmm. is not ideal. Not ideal. But then I was going to offer the other option of, like, let's just post a Patreon. <laughs> oh. Which we never do lightly. Like, I don't want to give away something somebody yeah. paid for. Yeah, that really yeah. bothers me. So yeah. it's only in an emergency. And I was kind of scoping this one out as an emergency. Oh, no. But I then, didn't even ta-da. offer to research. I was like, dang. <laughs> You'll be fine. That's crazy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't luck. expect you to. I was. St- we had plenty of time. That was like Wednesday. <laughs> and that's was. so much time for my voice to come back. Right? Yeah. I had just full, full confidence that you're just gonna barrel through squeak it. it out yeah i would have i am here i am look at this look Didn't at this guys my mind <laughs> not even an option the show must go on yeah like oh crazy that's gonna suck later for you <sighs> you guys i've been sick for like two and a half weeks it's been a minute yeah, yeah. i'm fucking over it and right now it's like what is it? It's like 9.30 on a Saturday morning and we're recording and this is due tomorrow. So sorry, Dylan, for having to fucking quickly edit. But Crash edit. But I just woke up. So I like I have the mother booger in my nose, Ooh, you know, from yeah. the night and it hasn't come out. That shit's definitely going to come night. out. <laughs> shit's definitely going to come out while we're recording. So oh, I like no. apologize now for how gross I sound. Feel it drip down the back of your throat. It's just kind of like. Every time I talk, it, like, bumps up a little bit, you know, like it's hovering. <laughs> That's so gross. It is. It's Man, in my face. I work at those in the shower. Like, Girl, I didn't have time. Today. I woke up late. Oh, yeah, you did. You're like, That's I'm right. on my way. I'm like, don't worry. I'll be ready. <laughs> and I was. You were. You crushed it. But now I got a mother booker bouncing around up there. Uh, no. It's going to feel so good when it comes out. We can't talk about it too much. Because it's making you choke. I'm too aware of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Erin, give me your goddamn. Well, my goddamn is that my husband came home from his cult. Yeah, he made it. Meeting thing. Yeah, he was gone for a whole week. And so my fucking selfish, lazy ass was a single parent for a whole week. <laughs> How does that make hard. you selfish and lazy? No, no, no. I'm normally selfish oh, and lazy. Oh, okay. So it was extra hard. It was extra hard because I'm selfish and lazy. And my kids are like, I want water. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> Somebody call your dad. <laughs> I wish someone would get it for us. <laughs> 
That's when you get the kids to get it. Yeah, they don't have a stool in the kitchen. We had one. I don't know where the fuck it went, but... Gonna need to figure that shit out. I know, I know. And then Brandon came home last night, and I was so fucking excited and so happy. And then immediately he hops right back into it. I was like, oh, man, where he, like, sat down to watch a show. I'm like, oh, man, I need to grab a beer. And he's like, okay, I'll get it, I'll get it. And I was like, I've missed you so much. My God, how sweet is that? (laughs) Yeah, it was great. It was great. So I'm fucking so happy. I'm so happy he's back. That's my goddamn. It's a good goddamn. Oh, that's so cute. I, I love know. it. I'm just so adorable. <laughs> and and so- then in two days, you're going to be like, can he fucking leave again? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm ready. <laughs> ready to be a single mom again. No, no it's fucking great. It's great. Oh, that's so cute. He like pops up to get you a beer. He's oh, such yeah. a good housewife. He is such a good housewife. I love that man. Aww. Yeah. He, honestly, for everything. He's like, oh, fucking snacks. Late night snacks. I don't know. Hi, Aaron needs snacks. He's just got me on snacks and drinks. <laughs> That's all you need yeah, for happiness. Honestly. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it was a rough fucking week, but we're well, back. Well, congratulations for surviving. Thank you. You did it. I feel like I should win an Academy Award or something. You have. Yeah. For it's, sure. It's been it's been rough. <laughs> you did it. And then we've got Girls Weekend coming up. Oh, I'm so excited. And J-Tree. J-Tree. Going to J-Tree. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So exciting. Well, you want to hear my goddamn? Because it's do. not happy. Oh, no. Yeah. And it's Isn't not about that... my sickness for once. <laughs> okay. No. I was like, is it that you're dying? I've got a worse one. Oh, no. I got, I got notice from my work that they're going to ask us to come back in office more often than we currently have to. How often? Because right now it's like a hybrid work schedule. Yeah. Um, but most of the week, I get like one day to work from home. What? I know. I'm devastated. Why? You don't even want to get me started on this conversation <laughs> because it's not going to go well. But the whole thing is like our CEO is like, oh, to preserve the company culture. I'm like, that's Bitch, how you. culture is changing. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, this is how you end up being an old, crusty white dude who yeah. everybody says is racist because you won't change your hate. culture. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. We got to move on. Now, listen, I realize I'm being dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> that might be dramatic. <laughs> but no, still. I feel like they're racist. <laughs> For not letting you stay home. (laughs) I feel like you're showing your true colors. (laughs) Oh, no. It just feels so dumb. Like, but why? I get so much more work done from home, honestly. And I'm so much happier. Like, my mental health is so much better. And you don't have a commute and all that. Uh, Like, two hours in the car every day, gone with my family that I would spend with, like, my kids and stuff. Yeah. I saw an article the other day, and it was like, uh, oh, people that work from home or whatever like why they're even more stressed than because you're working from I work more from home than I do in the office well it's that but they're like it's because the commute is gone and so normally you had like 30 minutes to decompress or whatever in the car and this and that and I'm like uh no that's 30 minutes you can decompress at home if you need 30 minutes after I rage in the car for 30 minutes I'm like I fucking hate this traffic I want to get the fuck home yeah you just want to sit down and not be paying attention and like I don't know hug your baby until it starts decompressing be annoying yeah (laughs) you want to chuck that baby out the window no yeah I don't know how I feel about all this I'm genuinely and again I'm being dramatic I'm devastated I'm like no I was so happy yeah and they're gonna take that away that sucks. I feel like they're going to lose a lot of people. Uh, also, they're going through... I would through... say I hope they do because then maybe they'll change, but like I doubt they would, really. Change? 
No doubt they would lose a lot of people. Oh, no, they will. You think? <laughs> oh, I think they will. Oh, wow. We're also going through, like, a round of layoffs. Oh. So, like... So people are like, bye. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of think... Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm a conspiracy theorist, but also... I'm pretty sure I'm onto something. Mm-hmm. And everybody else feels the same way. Well, not everybody, but a few people I've talked to have been like, yeah, I thought of that already. Everybody in my echo chamber. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> feels exactly how I do. <laughs> Precisely. And I think that um, they're doing it as a way to get like cheap layoffs. Because anytime they lay people off, there's always a package. Mm. But then if other people are like, I'm not willing to come into work <gasps> that often, then they don't have to give them a package and they're just going to leave. Because then they'll quit. So they're trying to make people quit before they have a big layoff. So then maybe it'll get better after the layoff. No, it's always worse because then you get other people's work. Oh. Yeah. But then maybe you'll be back at home because they'll be like, you know what? Productivity has dropped. Our culture? Great. Productivity (laughs) now is down. So we're going to send you guys back home. It's a balance. It's a balance. Yeah. Maybe do like three at home, two at work, you know? Yeah. I'm very interested to see how this pans out. It's not for a couple of months, so we've got some time to stew on it. I'm kind of hoping they'll backtrack and be like, sorry about that because I'm... Like ready, I, I was asking my friend. I'm like, do you uh, do you just want to go pick it in the lobby? Like, I'm sure we could get people to sign a petition, right? <laughs> We'd be the only two people because everybody around there doesn't have a fucking backbone, and they're so about like the co- the corporate ladder culture, yeah, you know? Yeah, uh, including me. I've been that way the whole time I've worked there, and I've worked there for a while now. It's like, you know, you mind your p's and q's. You say the shit that you're supposed to say to the mm-hmm. people that you're supposed to say it to, so that you can get where you're gonna go. Yeah. And also, I really genuinely care about my work, and I work really hard. So, yeah. But then, you know, I might tarnish that entire reputation by standing in the lobby with a fucking handmade sign being like, down with the CEO and his fucking culture. Yeah. I want to make a sign that says, like, can somebody explain the culture we're trying to preserve? Because, like, I don't get it. I don't know it. I have no idea what yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you need a good rhyme, though. <laughs> and, you oh, know, like, you don't think that's catchy enough? Hell no. We won't go. You yeah. Know, like, one of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, you need like, something. What culture... What rhymes with culture? Mulcher. Mm, that's what I thought, too. Let's throw that culture in the mulcher. <laughs> there we go. That's pretty catchy. We can keep spitballing some yeah. ideas here. We'll think of something. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't need, have like, to end with culture. You need to put a couch in the lobby, oh. you know, and then, like, sit on the couch and be like, this is where I work the best. <laughs> Let me take my rest. I don't know. <laughs> they have couches in the lobby already. Well, I there you go. Just steal one of those. Yeah, pull one to the center. I just, <laughs> just rearrange the lobby. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I love, too, that my boss listens. So she's probably just like, Jesus Christ, Stacey. <laughs> she's like, please don't form a revolt. <laughs> please don't, for the sake of all of us. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to have to explain it to my boss yeah. why my subordinates... <laughs> Why she's got like a fucking wild hair up her ass, making handmade signs in the goddamn lobby, just trying to prove a point that she's not productive at work. (laughs) She's just really good at rhyming. She's not, though. She's really not. You know, honestly, I feel like with enough convincing, my boss would be down there with me. I mean, probably. Like, she'd be like, I'll show up for an hour. <laughs> you have a way with words <laughs> where I feel like everyone would join your cult, you know? Yeah. So, like, you'll get some friends I'm in the like, lobby. what's the guy? Like, John Jones? What the fuck's the guy? Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Yeah. There we go. I'm like Jim Jones. My last name used to be Jones. That's true. I will not serve any Kool-Aid. Well, actually, that's a lie. You're going you're gonna to serve Kool-Aid? Kool-Aid's titties. Getting some new Nikes? <laughs> yeah, but, like, with, there won't be poison in it. Oh, that's good. That's there might good. be vodka. We'll call it jungle juice again. Ooh, a little Tampico in there? <laughs> I don't think I could ever drink Tampico again. What? 
I've had too much vodka in Tampico. Yeah. No, I know why. It just why. tastes like vodka. <laughs> it's like warm when I drink it. I'm like, why? It is. It's always so warm. Uh, anyway, so that's my goddamn. God I'll damn. keep you guys posted on how that goes down over the months. Yeah, that sounds terrible. But internally, I'm devastated at the moment, but we're working through mm-hmm. it. Therapy. Ther- <laughs> therapy. Just therapy. need some therapy. And maybe you'll be sick more often. If there's one thing I know about life is that change is inevitable. Wow. Is it another deep? Yeah. You can. Somebody once said that to me several times in my life. You can steer the ship, but you can't change the current, you know? No. Fuck that. I am my own current, bitches. <laughs> it's so stupid. Change Someone... is inevitable. Sure, and I get to pick it, motherfucker. Yeah. Someone said that to me. Uh, I was talking about drugs, and he was like, you know, if you're going on a trip, you can, <laughs> you can steer the ship, but you can't change the current. And I was like, that's deep. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know, but I felt like I did in the moment. I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm going to keep that You still have to experience the trip. (laughs) Yep. But, like, you can point at the non-scary things. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Why do people let us have microphones? I don't know. Anyway, so. Anyway. Since I've got, like, a doozy for us this week. Hell yeah. You guys want to jump on into it? Yeah. Let's get it. All right. This case is actually a listener suggestion. Okay. And I did not get permission to say the the listener's name, so I'm not going to, but you know who you are. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, this week I am going to tell you about Michelle Manders. Okay. Sup, Michelle Manders? Now, a majority, a.k.a. all of my information, came from one blog. (laughs) And it was like a cool as shit blog. Where you could, like, click on things and it would, like, pop up the person's face and, like, you could... Basically, they want help solving the case. So, spoiler alert, it's, it's a mystery one that Ooh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you. I didn't get the name of the blog. But it's in the show notes. Okay, perfect. You know, go there. Go poke around. It's yeah. really interesting. And, like I said before, this, um, this one came from a listener suggestion. Ooh. Okay. So, Michelle Manders. In October of 1981, Mm -hmm. Michelle Manders was a a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter of Mike and Jan Manders. Okay. And they were living in Waterfront, Wisconsin. Okay. Jan Manders. Jan. I like it. Jan, Mike, and Michelle. The most basic 80 names. Right. Like 80s family. Okay, so Mike's job was to install and repair electron microscopes. So that required him to travel a lot, evidently. I don't know how big these suckers are. <laughs> I don't either, but... But they sound kind of cool. He's probably, like, one of a few guys that does it, so he yeah. services, like, a big area. Yeah, yeah, right. like, it's a specialty kind of thing. Sounds like it. But anyway, it wasn't unusual for him to, like, be out of town basically all week long. Jan was, like, a single mom. Ugh. and Girl, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's rough. And he would be out fucking installing and repairing microscopes, and then he'd come back on the weekend. yeah. So Jan had three children. So she had Michelle, the two-and-a-half-year-old, and then she had two other children, a girl and a boy. And they were all very young, like I think around the ages of four and five. Okay. So three very young kids at home during the week all by herself. Mm. <laughs> My personal hell. Yeah, rough. Yeah, exactly. Michelle was your typical free-spirited child, and she wasn't afraid of much, <laughs> mm. except for the dark. So it wasn't unusual for her to, like, climb in her mom's bed at night, which fucking preach. Yeah. I got two of those in my house. Yeah. Um, but Michelle was very ad- adventurous, and she would play in the backyard with her siblings, 
Now, from what I can tell from the pictures, the backyard is kind of like your typical, not like San Diego backyard. Like, it's not fenced in. What it's, state is this? This is Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, everybody's got, like, a decent amount of property. Everybody's playing in the fucking yard. There was, like, railroad tracks and a river in the neighborhood or something. But, like, everybody kind of played in a common area. Whatever. There's yeah. nothing fencing the kid in, but she was hanging out with her older siblings. And so, on a few accounts, it wasn't unusual for Michelle to, like, turn up on a neighbor's porch. Because they're, like, playing in the neighborhood. Yeah. But she's two and a half. But it is the 80s. And. That's that's fucking I know. And she has, like, her other siblings. But basically, it wasn't unusual for her to, like, be outside, wandering around, playing around. Like, the mom obviously would, like, keep a close eye. But if she, like, ran inside real quick for something, the little girl wandered off. A couple occasions, she was, like, on a neighbor's doorstep or whatever. Okay. Um, That's—it sounds really shocking to me, but I do remember, I think I was three and my brother was four slash five, and we would Go run around and play. Yeah. Yeah, Like, all over the neighborhood. For sure. Now, I I remember being around the same age. I must have been younger, because I, like, I fucking compartmentalized my memories of my childhood— Based off of the house we were in, <laughs> because we moved so much. It. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I know what age I was. And this one house that we lived in, I had friends down the street and they were like a block away. And I had my third birthday in that house right before we moved. So I must have been under three. And I remember with my brother walking down the street. And this is like a street where cars drive and going to their house and then coming home all the time. Like it's very normal. And it was a safe neighbor. Like, I was fine. Yeah, yeah. But I can't even imagine. Can you imagine sending your youngest? No. No. And mine is almost four. Yeah. But anyway, so it was pretty common. Like, it's not like she's a bad mom. Yeah. Especially in this time. It was a different time. It was. Yeah. And she was watching her kids. It would be like, oh, I'm just going to run inside real quick. Which I do that shit all the time, but my yard is fenced in. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, can't blame. Okay, so uh, there was one account where the kids were playing outside and Jan couldn't find Michelle. And she panicked. Yeah, panicked, called the police, and the police ended up finding her just down the street. And she was walking around with their family dog and cat. And Jan was really upset with Michelle. Like, Michelle, you can't, like, walk away like that. And Michelle was so confused. She was like, I was just following the pets. Like, I wanted to see where they go all day. Like, what do they do? You know? Yeah. So, like, very innocent, obviously. Yeah. You know. This is also a time when dogs were off leash and just like in Fucking the neighborhood. Free. Yeah. You know, it's probably still like this in like places like Wisconsin and shit. We live in yeah. fucking San Diego is a vast is like a different world. But still, I my neighbors had a dog that was a loose dog yeah. always and all of my neighbors growing up had loose dogs all over the place. None of them do now. Yeah. I walked home from school and you'd like go different a ways. Dog. Because, yeah, you'd see a dog, and you're like, oh, god damn it, that one's angry. Yeah. Ooh, stay away from that one. There were so many angry Actually, I remember that, too, like riding my bike around the neighborhood and fucking booking it from a dog, like, chomping at my heels. Yeah, yeah. And now, none. No. You would never. Everybody wants to fucking put him down and shit. So now, as a dog owner, you're like, well, I don't want my dog to die. I guess I'll keep him in this yard. But I also don't want him to get hit by a car. Like, that's literally how one of them died. Yeah. And it was like the sweetest little old one. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. it, well, oh, that, was our own car. that is so true. Like, I have childhood trauma from, like, the neighbor's dog getting run over. Yeah. And the ear being under my car. Sorry, <gasps> guys. Yeah. And you hit it? My pan- no. It it fucking exploded. <gasps> it was like a chihuahua. <gasps> and its ear I ended up. This. I don't know. I'm sorry. And its ear ended up underneath my car, and my parents were just, like, hosing it away. Yeah. How? Yeah. I don't want to know. Well, they were trying to help the neighbor out by hosing it off. Like, you don't have to see this. They were like, don't worry, I'll get the pressure washer. And I was like, is that a fucking ear? Yeah. Oh, my God, that's so sad. I almost got a chihuahua this weekend. Or uh, You Tuesday. need to. <laughs> it was Tuesday. 
I, it walked by me unattended. And Ugh, I was like, Aaron, you are the most dangerous. I was at T-ball practice and it was just fucking living its best life. And I was like, mm, you about to live your best life with me. That dog ain't got no parents. <laughs> and then I watched I'll him be for your a while, mommy. <laughs> and I saw no fucking responsible owners nearby. And so I was like, I guess I'm going to get that dog. And so I told my baby, I was like, hey, you stay right here. <laughs> I'm just going to get this dog real quick. Yeah, which is another like. You know, how could you leave your kid outside? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I had to go get a dog. <laughs> you stay right here. Don't talk to strangers oh except God, for ones great. that talk to you. See? See? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the dog was gone. Fucking vanished like a phantom. Oh, like, that's probably for the better. That's the universe telling you, Aaron, no. <laughs> Aaron, no. <laughs> need a fucking dog. Uh, anyway. Okay, so. Don't even not, know what we're talking about. I don't either, but not uncommon. Oh, yeah. She was following the pets. Animals to be loose. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now it is October 13th, 1981. Okay. And Jan puts Michelle in a pair of new pink footy pajamas. Hell yeah. And they had just had, like, Burger King that night. Like, it was a rare treat. Mm -hmm. And so um, she got, like, a chocolate milkshake or some shit. And so she was kind of hyper, and it was hard to put her to bed. Yeah, she's fucking ready. Yeah, the little girl's ready. And so Jan kept trying to put her in her crib, like, hey, man, you need to go to sleep. And Michelle was just, like, clinging to her, like, I don't want to go to bed. I want to stay up, whatever. So eventually Jan gets Michelle to go to bed by laying in her older sister's bed. Like they must have shared a room or something. Mm -hmm. And so she lets her lay in bed with her older sister. And that's how she gets Michelle to calm down for the night. And she like finally can go have her fucking mommy time. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. Peace out, deuces. That night, Jan had her friend Terry Mueller come over. And um, she spent the evening teaching Terry how to sew in her living room. So okay. the kids are asleep. They're having like a sew party. Mm -hmm. Terry and Jan had met in this nursing class just a few months before. And Terry had a, it was described as a metabolic disorder, I'm guessing at birth or something like that. And it caused brain damage. And she suffered from schizophrenia and she couldn't read well. Okay. So the two had met in this class and Terry kept asking Jan for help like during the test to like read the questions. But Jan never wanted to help her because she didn't want to get, like, accused of cheating or anything like yeah. that. So they go through the whole course. And at the end of it, Jan gets offered a job. But Terry doesn't because she doesn't pass, right? Mm -hmm. And so Jan felt really bad for Terry after that class and was like, hey, let's go get coffee together. Like, you know, I'm kind of sorry I didn't help you out. Like, let's be friends, though. You know, kind of yeah. made a friendship out of it. And so she treats Terry to coffee and Jan tells her all about her children. You know, like, I got two little babies at home or three little babies at home. My husband's away, blah, right? And Terry tells Jan all about her husband, Joe. And Joe had spent time in jail for, like, burglary and shit. Mm -hmm. And I guess Terry's parents didn't like Joe because of his background. So Terry was kind of confiding in Jan, like, yeah, I've got this guy I absolutely love and adore, my husband. Uh, my parents really don't like him, so it causes problems, but, like, I'm head over heels for him. Okay. And the two started to develop this friendship. And Terry would talk about Joe, and Jan would talk about her family. So I guess they would start hanging out. Like, there was a park close to Terry's house, and so Jan would take the kids to the park, and Terry and Joe would meet Jan and the family at the park often, and they would all kind of, like, talk. They were becoming friends. Yeah. But Joe, like, absolutely loved and adored the children, which I know— we're going to be like, that's weird. But, like, he's a guy, whatever. Some people just, like, we have friends who, like, get along with the kids really well. It's not weird, but it's weird because we're in a true crime podcast. Yeah. That makes me instantly suspicious. Yeah. Okay, well, here's where it is weird. He would carry pictures around of the family in his wallet. So I think that's kind of weird. 
Yep. yep. <laughs> I'm just throwing that but one out these there. These ones aren't mine, but you know. Absolutely love and adore love them. them. And we've been friends for a few months. Yeah, kind of weird. weird. That's yeah, weird. Yeah, kind of weird. That's weird. But also, like Terry and Joe's whole relationship is kind of weird, you know? Her family thought that he was taking advantage of her, like mental disabilities and like using uh, her. I don't know what, yeah, like yeah. maybe money or something. I don't really know. But yeah. So Jan appreciated the adult conversation with other adults, and Terry actually got a lot out of Jan because Jan would help her, like, study for tests or whatever, like, try to find a job. And Terry eventually did get a job nice. because of Jan's help. Yeah, so it was a good, you know, good little friendship. Yeah. And so when Terry had asked her, like, hey, I want to learn how to sew, Jan was like, yeah, come on over and we'll sew. And that's how we got to this night, okay? Okay. So that night, Joe drops off Terry at around 7 p.m., and again, this is October 13th, 1981. Mm-hmm. He drops her off at 7 p.m. that night, and he was going to come back at 10 to pick her up. Okay. But by 1030, he still wasn't there. And so Jan was like, why don't you just stay the night? Like, I'm going to go to fucking bed. You yeah, know, like, I'm time. done here. I got to get up in the morning. And so she gets Terry a bunch of bedding and shit, makes her bed on the couch, and goes to bed. And Terry goes to bed, too, on the couch. Gotcha. Um. So Joe ends up picking up Terry at 12.15 a.m. in, like, the middle of the night. But Jan doesn't know that till she wakes up in the morning. And she comes out in the living room. And She's gone. Terry's gone and left a note saying, like, Joe, and K- Joe came and picked me up. Not that weird yet? No, kind of weird. I'd be like, get the fuck out of my I'm sorry. Walk? I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah. 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 That part, that part's weird. But, like... If I was like, anyway, I'm going to bed, like, you can figure your shit out. If yeah. you've passed that part already, it's not weird that he then picks her up when he does. Yeah, like, yeah. I'd when he so can, pissed. I'm presuming. But it sounds like that's kind of how the relationship worked. Like, he just did whatever the fuck he wanted, mm, and she yeah. listened. Yeah. So Jan goes in the kitchen. She starts making breakfast. This is their normal routine. And usually Michelle would come out and would wake up on her own and come out to have breakfast. But that didn't happen this morning. She's noticed that Michelle was still sleeping. She goes into her room to wake her up, opens the door, and Michelle's not in bed. You I know. hate this. This is the worst feeling in the world. I know, right? I mean, I've never felt it, but I can only imagine it's the worst feeling in the oh, world. Oh, she definitely starts to panic. And so she evidently tries to cover her concern from, like, the kids, yeah. the younger children. Mm-hmm. And she sends her son off to school right away. Like, okay, I guess the school was, like, down the street or some shit. Like, go on. His name was Christopher. So she sends Christopher out the door. And the other daughter who was sharing the bed with Michelle, her name is Jennifer, and she was still home because she didn't go to school yet. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as Christopher left the house, Jan starts tearing the house apart. And Jennifer remembers sitting there watching her mom tear the house apart looking for Michelle. Oh, my God. That's so scary. Mm-hmm. And so she starts freaking out because she can't find her. And she's like screaming for Michelle. She calls Terry on the phone and Terry's at work. And she calls Terry on the phone and she's like, where's my baby? Where's my baby? Like, what's going on? What happened to Michelle? And Terry's like super confused. And she's like, I don't know. I don't have her. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And Jan immediately calls the police. And then the Watertown police arrive and they listen to Jan's accounts of the night. And they just kind of figure that Michelle had like wandered off because she'd done it previously. You know, like it wasn't uncommon for her to show up on neighbor's porches or to follow the animals or whatever. Yeah, but like, okay, can we do something about it? Like she's not going to wander herself back home. She's two. Let's go find her. And the police are like, yeah, let's go look around for her. So, But they're not like panicking like anything nefarious has happened. They're just like, ah, shit, here we go again. Michelle's out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Which, okay, in that time, maybe that's an understandable like reaction. Like, okay, well, she's out here somewhere. Let's go find her. Exactly. So the police search the neighborhood in the streets and about a block away from the home in an alleyway they find Jan's purse 
with the contents spilled all over the alleyway, but there's not a wallet in it. And Jan explains that she had taken her wallet out and put it in her nightstand. I don't know why. That's weird. Yeah, I know. Did she not trust Terry? I have no idea. That's weird. I don't know why, but... Or maybe that was just what she did. I don't fucking know. That's weird. Yeah, it's super weird. But, like, her purse was everywhere. Yeah. And so they go around the neighborhood, and they're asking neighbors, like, hey, can you check? Like, And they're thinking maybe Michelle grabbed the purse and was, like, holding her mom's purse and, like, dropped it when she was in the alleyway or some shit. But, like, the contents were everywhere. Yeah, and, I don't like that. No. And so um, they go around the neighborhood, and they're like, hey, everybody, there's a missing little girl. Can you please, like, check little nooks and crannies that would be easy for a little kid to hide in, especially if they're scared or something? And, like, yeah. let us know if you find Michelle. And so, like I said, there was also this river that ran through the neighborhood, and some were concerned that maybe she had wandered into the river and oh. fell in and had drowned. Oh, God. Yeah. So everybody's on high alert for a missing toddler. Oh, so, my God, this is breaking my heart. Why are you telling me I this? Know, because it was requested. The The listener who sent in this request says that they lived in this area and they remember it when they were younger. Like, everybody looking for Michelle and everything. Oh, my God, that's so sad. Yeah, yeah, it is super sad. Okay, so after 24 hours, they don't find Michelle, and the local police department are like, um, we're kind of out of ideas. The only lead we have is this person in alleyway. Yeah. And, like, what Jan is telling us on the night. Uh, Go pick up Joe. Yeah, let's go talk to Joe. We have some questions. I have some fucking questions for him. If he was a shady character in the past, and then now he's like, you have this home that is unguarded. Yeah. Like, whether or not he took Michelle, I don't know, maybe he just left the door open or something, but, like, maybe he took the purse. Yeah, like, what the fuck is going on, right? Maybe this is kind of weird. a little secret affection for the mm, baby. Something. Okay, so this is when the police are like, ooh, okay, we're going to need some help because maybe this is more than just a kid wandering off. Yeah. So they reach out to the Wisconsin Department of Justice and they ask for help. And so a day of the DOJ helping and the DOJ calls on the FBI because they still don't have any more leads. And they're like, now it's been 48 hours. We need help. So, oh, my God. Yeah. So the FBI gets involved. They're like putting in resources. They're searching the river constantly. They're not finding her. They brought in bloodhounds who tracked Michelle's scent and it followed them like it led them to a stream that fed into the river. So they're looking all over there, and this goes on for six days, and no one could find the little girl anywhere. And this is when the police start to get suspicious, and they're like, okay, maybe she was kidnapped. Maybe she didn't just wander away, because she's not here. Yeah. Somebody took her somewhere. So they figured if she was hiding, she would have come out by now. If she had fallen in the river, her body would have surfaced by now. Yeah. And like it, someone is keeping her somewhere. Yeah. Or has put her somewhere. Exactly. So it's around the same time that Michelle's four-year-old sister, Jennifer, who was sharing the bed with her that night, comes out and tells her mother something very concerning. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I'm going to throw up. Yep. And she said that the night that Michelle went missing, Jennifer woke up to her light being turned on into her room. And it, like, was really bright, and then it dimmed down, and she saw the shadow of a man standing in her room. But she wasn't alarmed because she just assumed it was her dad. And her dad was on leave during this time. He was on—it was, like, the middle of the week. He was out of town, whatever. But she thought, like, oh, my dad—she's four. Yeah. And she thought, oh, my dad must have come home, and he's checking on me or whatever. Yeah. And so she just, like, didn't think anything of it and went right back to sleep. But she doesn't remember if it woke up Michelle or if Michelle was still in the bed with her or anything. She just saw the light turn on, blind her, and then dim. And she just saw a a shadow of a man and just kind of, like, went back to sleep. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. 
so now we have like the shadow man in her room at night. Uh-huh. Two and a half weeks go by and there's no leads. And then Terry goes to the police and she says that she has some news. And on the night that Michelle went missing, Terry says that she actually let Michelle out that night, out of the house. What? I know. While she was like waiting for her ride, Terry says that that night she gave Michelle Jan's purse and then opened the door for the little girl to go outside. Like, go about your day, honey. Like, later, work. Yeah, yeah. But this would have been at, like, midnight or something, you know? Like, after Jan had gone to bed. Okay, so that's not what happened. It's weird, right? And no, also, that's you... not what happened. What happened is they took the baby because maybe Joe wanted her to or whatever. Ugh. And that they took the purse and the baby and Terry knows about it, was there for it, but now she's trying to, like, make it this less severe crime. Like, I didn't know that she was going to go missing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. She just travels the neighborhood, so I let her outside. Like, that's like saying, I didn't mean to do it. Yeah. You know, like, it was an accident. All I did was open the door. Yeah. She went outside. Exactly. Well, and then, you know, she And suffered. you're involving yourself with the purse and shit. Like, that Ugh. means that you know. You know. Yeah, something's everything. going on. That's not what happened, but you know what happened. Yeah, this whole thing is really messed up, though, because Terry has mental disabilities, you know? And, like, people yeah. in her life, like Joe, could be taking advantage of that and having her say shit. Yeah, and that's maybe... True. Yeah. Like Maybe. Who he's knows? having her say, like, or oh, she this had... is a plausible thing, but they'll blame it on you, and then you can't really get in trouble for it because you have this disability. Yeah. Or also, she suffered from schizophrenia, so maybe she's making the whole thing up and she doesn't know she's making it up. Oh, God, that's scary. You just don't know. It's kind of an unreliable witness kind of situation. Yeah. Okay, so the police don't know if this is like true or delusion or whatever, but another weird thing is that Terry says that she remembers having trouble with the lock, like the deadbolt on the door, and that she felt somebody push her forward or something, which I thought was really weird, but maybe they were just, like, bringing it up to be like, wow, there's a lot of detail in this story. She must be telling the truth, or she must be lying. I don't know why it was mentioned, but I guess I'll share it with you guys. Okay. So she doesn't have, like, an explanation as to why or anything, just says she does it. Also, I want to note that there was, like, a thunderstorm happening that night. So, like, no little kid's going to be like, yeah, let me just go outside. My kid would. She's a, she, well, your kid doesn't know what a fucking thunderstorm is because we live in San Diego. <laughs> it has rained before. <laughs> yeah, but, like, thundering, every little kid is like, fuck, and Michelle was afraid of the dark. Oh, okay, fair. Yeah. 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 My kids, <laughs> my kids literally sit at the sliding glass door the one time we had a lightning storm, pulled out their, like, little couches and, like, sat there eating popcorn watching the lightning. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> it's fun. We do it on our balcony. Yeah, it is really you fun. You know, like if it's over there, then you're like. Yeah, hold this umbrella, babe. <laughs> so you don't get rained okay, on. Okay, now we got to go inside. <laughs> Getting a little close. Okay, so this whole thing changes the direction of the investigation. Mm-hmm. And now Directly the poli- to Joe? Well, the police are like, no longer are we thinking that she was kidnapped, but they're going back to the theory that she just wandered away. Mm-hmm. That, like, Terry left the door open and the kid wandered away. They're real. They honestly are. They believe that? I guess. That's the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard. Okay. Honestly, this whole thing is going to be very frustrating (laughs) because the police did some dumb shit. It's the 80s, you know? (sighs) Yeah. Different times. I know. So after Terry gave this interview, the FBI withdrew their resources (gasps) because they were like, oh, we're no longer dealing with a possible kidnapping or serial killer or anything crazy like that. 
So we're going to withdraw resources and you guys are going to like search for this missing kid who probably just wandered away. And it's an unfortunate accident. But, but it's like, been two weeks or whatever. Like, that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. And also, no, that's not Come what back. happened. Yeah. Like, how that's are not we, what happened? How are we hinging everything on this one, one unreliable ladies? It's because they didn't have anything. So they were just like grasping at straws. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you stop everything else and you're like, OK, I guess this is fucking fact. That is like the prime example of terrible police work because yeah. <laughs> they're just trying to find the narrative that'll make the public happy. Yeah. You know? That'll so- solve Instead of the, the case. Answer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. So the police zero in again on the river, figuring that she must have fallen and drowned in there. That's where she's got to be. And as far as Jan saying, like, oh, I saw this shadow man in my house or whatever, they chalked it up to like, oh, she's probably not remembering the right day. And they don't, like, take her account seriously. So the person who actually witnessed it and that was in the room and has a much more reasonable thing to, like, hinge it on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, like, Jennifer now as an adult is, like, I 100% know what I saw. And there was somebody in our room that night. Like, she's not confused at all. It's not a mixed memory. She didn't make it up. She was just four and didn't know, like, oh, I should say something. something, Like, oh, that wasn't my dad. Well, and the mom. Oh, there's something wrong. Yeah, and the mom probably didn't know to be like, "Uh, did you see someone in your room or did you see anything that happened? Because the mom's also trying to protect that baby because there's a four-year-old. To not know that anything bad's happened to Michelle. Exactly. You're, You're not trying to, like trauma this kid so yeah like, everything's fine your sister's gonna come home everything's blah, great blah, blah. no but jennifer's like no 100 i know what i saw and now she's like well that's kind of creepy and weird like that's something to be concerned about we yeah. should look into that more yeah and like i said it couldn't have been the father but like you're saying it could have been joe mm-hmm. like when he came to pick up terry he could have come in that room mm-hmm. and like you said possibly taken michelle because he had a thing i mean he carried her pic- picture around in his wallet that's fucking weird it's kind of weird and he had a history of, like, burglary and shit, but he didn't have a history of, like, child molestation or whatever that we know of. But we do know that Terry's parents didn't like Joe and that he was kind of the one controlling the relationship. Where's Joe at? Where the fuck is Joe? Cut to November 5th, 1981. Uh, Jan gets a knock at the door. She's making lunch for her other kids. It's Michelle. She's back. Yeah, she Michelle's home. She's like, hey, Mom, I'm hungry. <laughs> um, she opens the door, and it's the police. Oh, no. And they have news that they found Michelle's body. She was found tangled in the brush on the bank of the Rock River that ran through uh, the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it her body was found two miles from her home. And she was still wearing the pink pajamas. <sighs> and she was in the river. So they perform an autopsy. And they discover that there's no pre-mortem trauma that they could tell. Mm-hmm. But also later they say that they couldn't prove that there was post-mortem trauma either. It sounds like there was trauma to the body, but they couldn't determine if it was before or after she died. Or like intentional trauma instead of just like the river. From being in the river, yeah. yeah. Everything that they found on the child seemed to align and be consistent with a drowning. Mm-hmm. There was a possible hemorrhage in her skull and it had been found like she'd been found with like bleeding near the inner ear or something like that. And I guess that's something that can be found in strangulation or smothering. Oh, my God. But it could also happen in drowning, I guess. I don't really know. But based off of all of this, the examiner believed that the trauma that they did find was due to drowning and not to strangulation. I don't know why, but that's what they determined. And that it could also have been occurred from being exposed to water for too long. So her body being in the water for too long. Mm-hmm. Guys can make blood go on the inner air. I don't fucking know. But the examiner chalks this up to like accidental drowning. Must be accidental drowning. Like and a month later they found her though. Yeah. 
And a pathologist wasn't able to determine how long her body had been in the water or how long she had been dead for. Like, Why? what the fuck? Why? Yeah. That's Those like are their some whole key information. I mean, I don't know if it's their whole job, but like, yeah. that's someone's whole job. And it wasn't described like the level of decay or anything. So all they said was she was still wearing her pajamas. So like, there you go. No foul play. Clearly, I don't know. And because the examiner people was, would never d- redress a child. Right. Like, keep her redresser and throw in the river where we've already been looking and we probably will give up looking. Yeah. I don't know. Basically, they give up everything. They stop the investigation. They're like, oh, it was an accidental drowning. Sorry, we're done. You know, closed case. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the family carries on their life as best as they can without Michelle. Oh, and that breaks my heart. Jan is absolutely heartbroken. Like, Jan is not the Jan that she was before. I bet. <laughs> yeah. And so. I'm not the Aaron I was before this story. Yeah. That's fucking heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. And then when Mike comes home, like, on the weekends, he oh. refuses to talk about Michelle at all. Oh. Everybody in the fucking county blames Jan for being a bad mother. Oh, my God. And some of them including her own family believe that Jan killed Michelle. What? Yeah. So like the theories are wild. Jan has, is missing a fucking child now and also is being fucking ostracized by her community. You know, her and her husband go about their life whatever. Like I said, Mike's offering no support. She's a single mom. <gasps> he comes home. He's like, I don't want to talk about Michelle or whatever. And she's going fucking crazy. Like, what is going on? Like, something else happened to my baby. I didn't hurt my baby. Oh, my God. Could you fucking imagine? No. So six months later and on Jennifer's fifth birthday, the family, like, sing happy birthday to her. And afterwards, when everybody's eating cake, Jan gets up from the kitchen table, walks out of the house, gets in her car and just fucking drives away. What? Like, just drives away from her family. She's like, I can't handle it anymore. I'm done. And she just leaves. And her car breaks down on the side of the road, and a trucker pulls over to, like, help her out. And the trucker's like, where are you heading? And she's like, I don't know. Where are you going? And he's like, Colorado. And she's like, yeah. And she jumps in the trucker's cab, hangs around with this trucker for a month, just traveling the fucking U.S., just bails on the family. What? Yeah. Isn't that wild? She didn't know where she was going, but she was just like, yep, get me the fuck out of here. I mean... We've all had daydreams. But she fucking did it. That's... She did it. Interesting. Interesting turn yeah. of events. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm on her side. I don't think that she did it because that's some fucking trauma response or something. But Yeah. Ooh, that's fucking hard. Yeah. Because now you you kind of look different. I'm... I'm still on her side, and because I'm sympathizing because I'm a mother, I'm like, girl, I've thought about it. I mean, honestly, who hasn't? I would never do it unless maybe a baby died. (laughs) That's a pretty traumatic. pretty big thing. And if everybody thinks you did it, I might be like, fuck off. It's either this or I'm going to go kill myself, you know? like. Well, that's what I thought you were going to say, that she drove off and uh, then, like, off the fucking or something. Yeah. Well, let me continue on my story. So she gets home after a month. Um, and oh, she goes back home. She goes back home. She's like, I just needed a vacation with a trucker. <laughs> I just need a fucking break. I don't know how. I get com- that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how the coming back home thing worked out, but for she's what like, anyway. Hi guys, I'm back. Um, Who wants a pee pee and J? Yeah, like, do you just pop back in? Like, I got stuff for dinner. Like, what? <laughs> Had to buy a pack of cigarettes. Sorry about that back there. Yeah, I don't know. But and so- the poor husband. 
had oh. to figure out how to do his fucking job oh. without doing his job because now he has to stay home or find childcare or something. Oh, you're gonna love where this goes. Listen, okay. I'm all for like bail on your life, go. But like, then you gotta be gone. Like you, yeah, given you can't up. come you're back. You're done. You can't yeah. double back. I cut you out of my life. Mm-mm. Like you can't. No. <laughs> okay, so she comes back and she's like, "Who wants BB and J's?" Jesus Christ! <laughs> and uh, she tries to fall back into being like that parent again, and and then everyone was like, "Yeah, but like, what happened?" Yeah, but like, what the fuck is going on? But she just couldn't do it. She was just like, "I can't." Like everybody thinks I murdered my baby. It's really hard to be a single mom. My husband's yeah. not supportive. Mm-hmm. This isn't going well. So she drives to her local bar, and she gets plastered. She crawls into her car and she swallows a ton of pills. And these pills were given to her after Michelle went missing to help her sleep at night or some shit. Because she wasn't sleeping. Yeah. And she just swallowed them all. And uh, she woke up to a police officer banging on her window. Mm -hmm. And then she blacked out again. And then she wakes up in a mental hospital. Like, you know, obviously because she tried to kill herself. Mm -hmm. And it was a week later. So she had been in a coma for a week from this suicide attempt. And immediately she checked herself out. She's like, I don't want help. I would like to die. (laughs) Like, I'm out of here. So she immediately checks herself out. She's like, I almost had it. Yeah. Like, she just wants to be done. Yeah. And Jan and Mike get a divorce because that shit ain't going to fly anymore. Well. (laughs) Yeah. Like, fuck this shit. Honestly, after the first bail, uh, I would have been like, anyway, we're done, right? (laughs) Yeah. And she doesn't try to seek any further treatment, whatever. She's just like, I'm out of here. She leaves Mike with the kids and she just disappears. And so, like you said, Mike's working full time during the week. He doesn't change his job. He just gets the neighbors to watch the kids. And so we're talking probably like six and five, something like that, I'm guessing, or seven and five, seven and six, somewhere around that age. He just gets the neighbors to watch the kids. And some of the neighbors were really helpful and they would like take the kids in and teach them piano and shit like that. Other other neighbors would like beat the kids because they weren't their kids and like were like, you have to read the Bible, whatever. Oh my God. Yeah, like different homesteads, different expectations yeah but like other neighbors no i know you know oh well i guess mike was just like whatever it's free childcare. other neighbors wouldn't even care for the kids they would just pop in every few days and make sure they're still alive in the house like it was not a good god damn to live in the 80s 80s different you know so jan you know bailed on her family basically and she becomes obsessed with solving Michelle's case. Like, yeah. she is not happy with the whole, like, she fell into a river and drowned kind of yeah. thing. So, I, um, no one has spoken to fucking Joe yet. There I guess, I guess police somehow had, had Joe as a main suspect. Joe and Jan were kind of their main suspects. Like, mm-hmm. it was either the mother or it was this guy, Joe. Or and it the, was the chick that's clearly telling lies. Yeah. That's fine. But they think that she's being manipulated by Joe. Yeah. That's the reason she's telling these lies or whatever. Yeah. But then... So maybe hold on to her until she's got something else to say. I guess. But is, then, that, a, is that a bad interrogation? Am I a bad cop? I don't really know, honestly, because I'm, I'm not like, a good see how long they can go in an interrogation <laughs> yeah. before they crack. Really wear them out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Get them to falsely confess so exactly. I can go about my life well I guess just like the turn of events like I said they kept being all wishy-washy and then like going back to like oh well she must have drunk because look here's her body I'm done job's done yeah close the case her whatever pajamas were on therefore it's not a murder everybody knows your clothes come off during a murder also yeah also there was like no sign of sexual assault but they didn't collect like DNA or anything so there was literally no physical evidence in this case mm. that was preserved at all 
And they couldn't say how long she was in the river yeah. or how long. And she also, if been she dead. was in the river, DNA could have potentially washed away if she was in there for a long time and a certain yeah. amount of decay and all that stuff. So. Jan is absolutely obsessed with solving Michelle's case, which I don't blame her. And it obviously takes over her life. Yeah. And she can't let it go. She calls the police and she's like, hey, what the fuck is going on with this case? And they're like, oh, that shit's closed. And she's pissed. Like, Oh, that shit's closed. Yeah. Oh, uh, we did a bang up job back there. Yeah, that shit's closed. She Are you calling her. to congratulate us? Yeah, there is no further investigation going on. And she's pissed. And so she starts calling private detectives. Like, she's just flipping through the phone book. Calling private detectives, but she can't afford any of them. Yeah. And then there's one private detector. Detector. There's one private detective <laughs> who is. Private detector. <laughs> there they are. Found your dick. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't hard. Imagine those like water sticks. <laughs> like crosses, yeah. the witching sticks, where it, like when it crosses, it's found water. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> So she finds one private detective who is familiar with the case because I guess he reviewed Michelle's case in a similar incident because he was thinking maybe it's a serial killer or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. So he was familiar with the case and he offered to take the case on for free. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, I'm actually invested in solving this case, too. Okay. So now it's been a year after the incident and the detective gets a new clue. I guess in reviewing all the fucking paperwork, there was a group of witnesses who were waitresses at a cafe that was located 70 miles away. Seven zero? Seven zero miles away. It was called Black Earth Cafe. Uh And they, during the time that Michelle was missing and the police were asking for any leads, they called the police and they were like, we saw Michelle at this cafe. What? And she was with this older couple that didn't seem to fit the age range of parents, but more of like grandparents. And um, they were like... How old were Terry and Joe? They were younger, so it didn't match Terry and Joe's. Okay. Did you just see a random kid? Well, we don't know. So so the private detective's like, oh, this is a hit. And I guess what had happened was, like, they went to their po- local police, and they were like, hey, we saw Michelle. We know for a fact it was Michelle. It's, like, fresh in their mind. This happened, like, a, a week ago or something. Yeah. And so the local police forwarded it to the waterfront police, and the waterfront police were like, okay, detectives will be in touch with you shortly. But they never got in touch. They never followed up on that lead. So now this private detective's like, I'm going to have a fucking conversation with you. Yeah. And so they go and they interview the waitresses and they were like, yep, we remember that it happened around the same time that Michelle went missing. This couple was like in their early 40s or 50s, something like that. Again, maybe grandparents, but kind of too old to be parents to a two and a half year old. And they said that the man ignored the kid and the woman wouldn't let the little girl have like a scoop of ice cream when the waitress offered it for like free. Mm. And they recognized like it stood out in their mind because this cafe only ever had locals. So like they weren't locals. And they were like, this is fucking jumping out in my mind. Yeah. Hmm. So at one point, the lady takes the little girl to the bathroom and she's screaming the whole time. The whole cafe can hear this little girl having a fucking meltdown. (gasps) And quickly after that, they the couple pay their bill and leave. And they never saw them again. But when they when the waitresses saw the little girl's face in the news, they were like, 100 percent. That's the little girl we saw. Oh, my like, God. Like, we know that was Michelle. So the waitress says that the woman was like about 5'10 and 150 pounds heavy set with gray streaks in her hair. And her hair was dark and short. Mm-hmm. Um, and the man was shorter than the woman and was about 130 pounds or so. And he had auburn hair and wore glasses. This private detective ends up asking I don't know if it was one or all of the waitresses to be hypnotized to go back over this account that they had and to get every fucking detail that they could. And from this hypnotism session, 
they get a composite sketch of this couple. Now, okay. the couple does not match Terry and Joe, like we said before. Yeah, but it could have been like his grandparents or his parents or something. Sure, like let's start asking around. So they take the composite sketch to Terry and Joe and they're like, do you recognize these people? And when they're talking to Terry, Terry's like, hey, private detective, I have another thing to talk about. And this is something she'd never told the police before. But she said that that night that Michelle went missing, she was laying on the couch trying to fall asleep and she couldn't. And she saw headlights light up the living room. And so she went outside thinking that it was Joe coming to pick her up. And when she rushed outside, instead of seeing Joe's red two-door Matador? I don't even know what kind of car that is. Anyway, but instead of seeing that, she saw a big white car with somebody in the driver's seat and the car was like idling. So the engine was on. That's all she says. And then a week later, she talks to the private detective again. And this time she says that Michelle was in the back seat looking out the window. What the fuck? I don't trust this lady. What the fuck? I don't trust that lady. At I all. know. Like she's like either. This schizophrenia is so bad, you should not be interviewing her at all. Yeah. Very unreliable. Or, like you've been saying, she's telling little pieces of truth and trying to make it seem like, eh, it's on the moon. You know, like, mm. Like, I don't know. Oh, I, I did know. see that, but, like, I'm not involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said that she didn't tell the cops at the time because Joe didn't want them to be harassed by the police any more than they already were. Like I said, Joe was kind yeah, of but there one was of a the- baby missing. Yeah. Like, sucks to suck, but sometimes you're going to get harassed if there's a baby missing. Yeah, but I guess, like I said, in the relationship, Joe was kind of leading Terry in what to do. And Joe was tired of being pestered. He was one of the main suspects. So he was like, Terry, stop talking to the police. Like, you're getting me in trouble. And so Terry stopped talking to the police Mm. and didn't admit all this stuff. That's fucked up. Yeah, I know. But Terry says, like, I know for a fact that Michelle didn't wander out of the house on her own. Like, Like, somebody took her. Something happened. Something more happened. So the now P- that's her story. That's Instead her story. Of like now. I gave her a purse and patted her on the back and said, "Do toodles noodles." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Her story's changing, and so the PI's like, "Hey Terry, if you really want to help now, like let me hypnotize you. Like let's be hypnotized and go through this whole event and see what we come up with." Yeah. But Joe refused to let Terry be hypnotized. So, oh. So the PI was like, "Hey Joe, can I hypnotize you?" And Joe was like, "Absolutely not." So he's not in on this, which also. Good for you if you really didn't do anything because yeah. you should protect yourself. But also, like, you're looking suspicious. So there really is no right answer here. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. all just shady. Mm-hmm. So the police, again, believe enough of Terry's story to fill the foundation of their case that Michelle had wandered out. But they didn't believe the white car bit. Like, because the PI's like, hey, there's a new white car story. And they're like, mm, that part she's lying. But, like, the part where <laughs> Michelle wandered out, we're going to believe that part. Well, like, I don't think that you should choose any of her stories. Honestly. Like, it, or choose them all. Yeah. Like, in, like you can't pick and ch- you can't cherry pick You can't be like that believe. one because that makes Fits the my least, narrative. Yeah, yeah. Waves. Exactly. So Terry and Joe don't look like the sketches of the older people in the cafe. They don't meet the description. And with the PI involved, the waterfront police decide, like, mm, maybe we should go back and interview those cafe waitresses. Yeah, maybe. Like, oopsie, missed that part. <sighs> Fucking Maybe. Even oh my though, God. even though it's a closed case, they're like, "Ooh, we didn't tie up all of our loose ends. Let's go back and do that." So they track down the waitresses, they interview them, and they actually are able to trap down a couple that match the description hmm. of what the waitresses say. Right? So they meet the couple, they talk to them. The couple's like, "Yeah, we have thirty-three grandchildren, and we have some that are blonde-haired, blue-eyed." And it is possible that we took them to the Black Earth Cafe during the time that Michelle was missing. We don't know for sure. 30-something grandkids? That's a lot of fucking Jesus grandkids. Christ. Yeah. 
So basically, they're like, it's possible, but like, I feel like you could say if you've been there or not. Because like, it Yeah, w- but they're saying it's possible that we took them to that cafe during that time. So I'm, I'm guessing you'd be like, yeah, we've gone to that cafe. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It's That's possible a different way that it was looking. during that time. Sure, yeah. So the police. Also, you have 33 and you're taking one. Yeah, yeah. Favoritism? But maybe it's like, you know, maybe they have a lot of kids and this one kid only has one grandkid. Yeah, maybe. Because, like, my mom will take my kids and not my brother's kids. They're not always together, you know? Yeah, I mean. yeah. Then how many kids? Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know. Listen, you got 33 ki- grandkids. Uh-huh. And I'm assuming you have, like, I don't know, seven seven or eight kids. Yeah, yeah something like that. And they each had two. <laughs> <laughs> so the police are kind of like, okay, that lead kind of died. But they still released the sketch of the couple to the media to see if maybe it wasn't them. You know, because they're saying it could have been us, could have not been us. We don't really know. Yeah. So a woman by the name of Sharon Blazing... She sees the sketch and she's like, oh, shit, that looks like my ex-husband, James Dunn. Okay. And so the police interview her and she said that James Dunn was a house painter and a roofer and an ex-Navy sealer and also a convicted child molester. <laughs> Ex-Navy sealer. I'm sorry. Sealer? <laughs> Sailor. He sealed all the navies. Sailor? Sailor. Not an ex-Navy seal? Ex-Navy. Sailor. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I probably wanted to say seal. I think you did. I was a sealer. And I was like, he's just Those like, ex-Navy sealers, go, you got to watch out fish, for them. Go. He's in controls of the seals. I'm a sealer. Jesus they Christ. do have seals and dolphins and shit, so it's possible. They have dolphins. Yeah, like bomb dolphins or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so anyway, sailor. He's an ex-Navy sailor and a convicted child molester. Oh, that'll and do it. They lived in the area that Michelle lived in when she went missing. Oh, my God. So, I know, right? Jesus Christ. This story gets fucking crazy. Yeah. So, they go talk to Sharon, and she's like, hey, in the early 80s, (laughs) um, James was asking her to scrub some, like, reddish-brown shit out of of his truck. No. Yeah. First of all, clean up your own mess. Right? Well, fucking 80s, man. All these housewives were doing what their husbands said. He was abusive, evidently, to her. He was also a child molester, so. Yeah, so not surprising. But yeah. that, like, he came home and was like, hey, help me scrub this fucking reddish-brown shit out of the bed of my drug. And she was like, what From, is it? Yeah. No, she was just like, okay. And she had her children help her scrub it out. <gasps> but she also was like, it could have been rustoleum, which I guess is something that he worked with all the time in his job. So that's what she just, like, convinced herself that it was. You would smell it. But now, <laughs> maybe. But now she's like, maybe that was blood. Maybe that was a crime scene I was cleaning up. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so she convinced herself that it was just part of his job, whatever. But when she saw the sketches of the possible kidnapper, she was like, "Ooh, maybe I did help clean up blood. And they lived in Watertown and everything. So everything kind of aligns. So she had learned shortly after her marriage to James that he was an alcoholic in early one September morning in 1980. So this would be a year before Um, Michelle went missing. Mm -hmm. Her three daughters, who were 17, 14, and 10, so from a previous marriage, um, they confided in her that James was molesting them regularly. (gasps) Yeah, fuck that shit. And he never denied it. And he was convicted of three felonies for child molestation. And when the police brought him in for questioning about Michelle's disappearance, he wasn't surprised. And he was like, I knew that my ex-wife is behind this. And that she has been setting me up for shit since day one. And you can't trust anything she says. He says that, yes, he pled guilty to the child molestation, but that he wasn't guilty of it. And that he did it at his lawyer's advice. 
saying that basically if you plead guilty, you'll get less time than if you get convicted. Like the, you know, this woman is really against you and you could get 20 years. So you should just plead guilty. I don't know how much I believe of this, right? Like he's an alcoholic and abusive and everything. But also she could be a meddling bitch. Who knows? You know? (laughs) That meddling bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Who fucking knows? So he agreed to a plea deal. Police go through all his shit. They find some books on like satanic cults and all that crap. And they were like, hey, what the fuck is this shit? And he's like, yeah, that's actually her shit. Like those are her books. Oh. Yeah. And she was into some weird stuff. So now we've got like two people against each other, right? Mm -hmm. Like two fucking broken up, bitter couple bullshit yeah at that point just keep each other's shit like separate don't away bring from in a case like yeah. if, if none of it is connected and you kind of know in your heart but you just want to fuck with them like you're fucking with the investigation more than yeah anything. but maybe maybe sharon really thought i don't know i don't know okay yeah. so they're like that's fucking weird of course 80s satanic panic bullshit yeah. right and they're like, okay, well, do you know of anybody or any cult or something like that around this time that would be, like, sacrificing humans? Because, do you have any local cults we can talk to? Yeah, yeah, basically. And he was like, actually, I know of a guy. Uh, <laughs> that would be sacrificing humans? That would know of somebody like that. So he was like, hey, I know of this guy that I met in, in AA, in Alcoholics Anonymous, and he is an ex-priest. He left the fucking covenant or whatever because yeah the church because he married an ex-nun like they fell in love Uh they've been together for like 20 years or some shit but he might know somebody that's interested in a cult like that so the police track down this fucking priest it goes into like this rabbit hole okay they track down this ex-priest and they're like hey yo do you know of anybody that you know like do you know of this james dunn guy what's going on and they're like yeah i know james dunn and also i know the ex-wife and the police rattle off a list of names connected to Michelle's case, and they ask if they know anybody else related to this case. And they're like, yeah, actually, I recognize Jan Mander's name because she used to come into Alcoholics Anonymous, too. Mm. So now we have a possible connection of Jan coming into Alcoholics Anonymous, James coming into Alcoholics Anonymous. Like, it's supposed to be anonymous, but, you know, the priest is like, for sure. They yeah. were all, they could have possibly been meddling together. Yeah. So it is a possible connection. Now, like I said before, police had possibly considered Jan as a suspect early in Michelle's disappearance. Mm -hmm. And they had confiscated her nurse's uniform that day. And they suspect that it had blood on it. But Jan was like, that wasn't blood. I worked at an elderly facility and that was like food that one of the elderly people had like flung everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the police, I don't know why. I don't know if they didn't test it or whatever. There's nothing more that ever comes of it other than it is kind of weird and suspicious. I guess if you want to go that route. Yeah. Um, police interview Mike Manders, her husband, and he confirmed that Jan never drank or did drugs or anything and never went to Alcoholics Anonymous. So that's kind of weird unless she had this other life. You don't yeah. know. She would drink one beer for the whole night and like nurse that beer from what he knew. Uh, Mike confirmed that they never fought about anything other than money. And the police were trying to find out if maybe Jan was having an affair or something on Mike, like to piece together, like maybe her and James had an affair and James molested ki- kids because he's a convicted child molester. Yeah. So maybe he did something with Michelle or even maybe she was having an affair with Joe Mueller, Terry's husband. Like, we don't fucking know. We're trying to figure shit out. But eventually they clear Jan as a suspect after she takes a polygraph test and she passes. Mm-hmm. So they're like, OK, we no longer suspect her. They ask Joe to take a polygraph test, and he basically <laughs> fails the entire thing all of the time. Like, his results were so bad, they were like, he, you don't even know if he's telling you his real name. 
Like, that's how bad they were. Hmm. So, let me tell you a little bit about Joe. Joe has this son named Joe Jr. And, <laughs> big surprise. And he had actually died six years before Michelle's was found dead. Mm-hmm. Um, his ex-wife that he had the baby with, but not Terry, obviously. Her name was Charlene, and she says that Joe had been very abusive as a husband, mm-hmm. very violent, but never towards their son. But in the same breath, when the baby was one month old, Joe spanked the baby because he felt that it was being too spoiled and crying all the time. A month. A month-year-old baby. Did you say a month-year-old baby? A month-year-old baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, of a year. Yeah, yeah. Fucking like point, point. It is zero and one month. <laughs> Years old. Yeah. <laughs> I did say that. Dude, I haven't had food. I'm like shaky for my co- my two cups of coffee. I am too. Oh my God, I need to eat something. Anyway, so Joe basically spanked a month old baby because it was being too spoiled. Yeah, the disrespect, honestly. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But Crying the same, all the goddamn time. But even Shirlene's like, but he wasn't abusive towards the baby. I'm like, I mean, kind of. Well, except for the times when he hit it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, other than that... Seems kind of violent. <laughs> <laughs> seems seems kind of abusive. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, he also left a space heater too close to the baby, and it ended up burning the baby. Oh, my God. Yeah, really sad, right? How did the baby die? So one morning, Joe goes to wake up the baby, and the baby had passed away in the night. Oh. Um, so SIDS, I'm guessing. Yeah. The police immediately suspected Joe had killed the baby, but the coroner confirmed that the baby was sleeping on its belly, and it spit up in the night and choked on it. Oh. So the coroner was like, nope, this is not... Um, child abuse, this is SIDS. And so since the coroner went with that and wasn't budging, the police were like, we can't. We can't try to get Joe for murder. Yeah. When, like, nothing is aligning for murder. But also, if it's on its belly and it choked on bone. I didn't get that either, unless it was, like, face down and it, like, piled in its face. Sorry, guys, that's very triggering. Trigger warning. Sorry. Yeah. If you have a new baby, that's a new thing to be terrified of. Fuck it, apparently. <sighs> God. Baby sleeping just, in general is just yeah, terrifying. It's stressful. It's the most stressful thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> And you just want to sleep when they're sleeping, you know? Yeah, just sleep when they're sleeping. Okay, when the panic subsides. <laughs> but also they could just die while they're sleeping. Fun fact. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Now, historically, Jan always felt that Joe could have something to do with Michelle's disappearance. Yeah. Uh, she says that the night that Terry came over, he dropped her off. Joe asked to borrow some money from Jan, and Jan said no, and that Joe got really pissed off when he left or whatever. And then she said that the next morning, Joe had stopped by unannounced. Mm -hmm. Like the morning that Michelle was missing. Mm -hmm. Joe just showed up unannounced. And the whole time that she was looking for Michelle, he just sat calmly at the dinner table or the kitchen table or whatever and wasn't like helping her look for Michelle or anything. That's fucking weird. Fucking weird, right? That's weird. Uh Uh-huh. Where was Terry? She was at work. And he's just going to pop by his friend's house? Unannounced. Yeah, fucking weird, right? Mm-mm, don't like um, that. And then to not help. Like, yeah, why and to not help. Then? And then when Michelle called the police, Joe left really quick before they got there saying that he had a job interview. And then later that morning, he called her back to be like, hey, I got the job interview and never once asked about Michelle. She's like, fucking cool. I'm busy. You I know? don't care. Yeah. 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 When police questioned Joe about that night, he says that he had dropped off Terry and never asked to borrow money, and that he had gone to a bar. He almost got into a bar fight, and then he picked up Terry at 11.45, so 30 minutes earlier Hmm. than what Terry says. Mm -hmm. And then he went and dropped Terry back off at home and then went to a bar 
Like he got like a six pack of beer or some shit, went to a parking lot of a bar and got drunk in the parking lot of a bar, which is cheaper. Honestly, I guess it is, but how funny. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, you so. know they sell that shit inside. Yeah. <laughs> like, and who's going to be like, yeah, go meet Joe in the parking lot. He's getting drunk. I'd be like, bitch, come inside. Yeah. Maybe he was getting drunk in the parking lot uh, and then going inside to Maybe, party. yeah, like pounding beers in the parking lot. Yeah, little bar car. Oh, my God, how funny. Okay, so he says that the reason that he was at Jan's house so early in the morning is because Jan had asked him to come over and watch the children because Christopher was going to go to school, so he'd be watching Michelle and Jennifer while Jan did laundry. So that's why he was there so early. That's fucking weird, right? And then he says that Jan had asked him, like, hey, go check on Michelle. Like, she's not up for breakfast yet. He walked in, saw Michelle wasn't there, and he called back, like, hey, Michelle's not in her bed. Like, you should be concerned. And Jan just kind of rushed it off like it wasn't a big deal. Weird. So now we have differing accounts. So Who the fuck do we trust? Yeah, he said that he went and found her. Yeah. Found out that she was missing? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, and that he thought it was weird that she wasn't concerned. Yeah. So police were basically like, he could either be involved, like 100%, or nothing at all, because nothing ever made sense. And he did, like, this was all during polygraph tests and shit, like nothing, like, you don't know who to trust. So he's either involved or they're just fucking around and just very unreliable people. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. How frustrating. Very frustrating. Interestingly enough. Around the same time, serial killer Edward Wayne Edwards, which mm-hmm. I think you covered. I think so. Because this three name have a motherfucker. <laughs> um, hey, he had murdered some people close to where Michelle was found dead, like within fucking miles, you know? Yeah. So they were suspecting maybe Michelle was one of his victims. Hmm. Like it's possible. And they interviewed him, but Edward insisted that he had only murdered five people and that they were all accounted for. But police suspect that he possibly could have murdered more. Edward's. Ed, 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 Ed Edwards, Ed, Ed and Eddie was like, for fucking sure it was not me. Yeah. Well, I feel like also that would be kind of a stretch, like if he normally killed adults. Yeah. Yeah. To like suddenly be like, is that a baby? Yeah. Like also I killed her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's a. Exactly. It was like, they're just literally trying to figure out what the fuck happened. Like, yeah. did she fall in? Did somebody hurt her? If somebody hurt her, here's all of the potential people who could have. This is this, very convoluted. It's so convoluted. And it's really shoddy police work. Yeah. Because even this blog, and I believe it might even be tied to a podcast, and I'm really sorry for not knowing the name right now to like give them a shout out. They actually pulled all of the documents that they possibly could. And a lot of them were destroyed, which I'll get into. So Jesus. Yeah. So we're piecemeal and shit together now. Yeah. This whole Edward Wayne Edwards development didn't come about until 2009. Mm. So that's kind of late in the case and everything. And nothing ever really came of it. So we're still just kind of like trying to guess what's going on. Yeah. And like I said, this happened in the 80s. So there wasn't really a nice, clean way for them to pin down where Edward Wayne's Edward was during that time. Like, yeah, he lived in the area and was, you know, killing in the area. But there's no way to link him directly to Michelle's case. And like I said, there was no DNA evidence. Everything from the case that we know now was pulled from any records or news articles that we could find now. But a lot of the police evidence was destroyed because they're only required to keep it for seven years if it's related to a unsolved, like, missing persons case. What? Hang on. Let me see what it's called. How about forever? Oh, accidental death. If it's related to an accidental death, okay. they only have to keep it for seven years. And this was ruled an accidental death. So a lot of the evidence and police reports and stuff were destroyed. <gasps> hmm. That's hmm. terrible. So 
from the police perspective, it's not an active case. It's considered an accidental drowning, but other people obviously believe the police didn't perform a full and proper investigation Mm -hmm. and something else happened to Michelle that night. And we don't really fucking know. Also, if a year after a private investigator is like, yo, what about these waitresses? And then the cops are like, we already closed that shit. But like, what about those waitresses? (laughs) Yeah, it makes you feel like, well, even now. So like, obviously, it's been a lot of years now. And police chiefs have changed. And, like, the current one is, like, mm, that wasn't good police work back there. Oh. Yeah, so they admit that it's kind of, well, like. Well, I guess what I, also, they close the case, and then they're, like, ooh, but you're right. Let's go investigate that just, like, this little bit. Do yeah. you have to then open the case? Like, is the case back open? I don't or really know. Or are they just, like, doing outside? it on their spare time? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I don't know. Because then I feel like maybe you should put like a little asterisk or like a little caveat. Closed, but like if you have any ideas. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, uh, this is what we're pretty sure happened, but like maybe don't destroy it after seven years because it's probably not everything. Can we keep this one just in case? Yeah, like a little. Well, here's what I don't get too. Like it kind of gets muddy for me when it gets to like the whole James Dunn thing of like possibly him and Jan were having an affair or something and like that she was at AA meetings, but then she wasn't at AA meetings. So I'm like. Was that before or after Michelle's death? Like, yeah, because I, I would say after, maybe Mike didn't know what she was doing after because she disappeared or, for a month, you know? Yeah, like, or was this, like, so far before even Michelle was born and married to Mike that maybe yeah. she went to AA and that's why she... I don't know. That's weird. I don't know, but I guess a lot of people don't believe that it was an accidental drowning. Yeah. And they think something happened. And I guess the two major ones are, like, Joe did something, which I think is the most... If you're going off of Jennifer's account of a man going in there, I'm thinking maybe Joe, when he picked up Terry, grabbed her. Mm-hmm. And Terry's covering for Joe. Yeah. Well, you have, I mean, they were at the scene. They were there. They had access to the house. They had access to the baby. Jan was asleep. She thinks everything is fine in the house. They would know what's going on in the investigation, too, like to like drop her in the river or something because they've already looked there. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess Terry comes out later and like does interviews and stuff. And I think her and Joe are no longer together. But she's just like, yeah, Joe wouldn't let me talk to the police. Like, he did not like it at all. But she doesn't really come out and say anything further other than, you know, what she did come out and say that was, like, confusing. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't like that. That's... I unfortunately kind of think Joe. I do, Which, if it's not him, then I feel bad. But, like, he's carrying around pictures of the family. He was really into the children. Yeah. And he had access. And, like, you know, was not letting Terry talk to the police because he didn't like the heat on him. Yeah, that's suspicious. I think so, too. And he had, you know, a criminal background. Anyway, so that's my case, guys. That's intense. I don't like it. Yeah, I hate it, too. It makes me sad. Uh, it makes my heart hurt, and I, I don't know. like it. I know. So if you guys want to check out pictures to the, pertaining to that case, go to our social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Our handle is at ISGD Podcast. If you want to join us on our Facebook group, we're on the Goddamn Pod group, and it's a lot of fun. Come hang out with us. Yep. Also, if you want to email us, do that at isgdpodcast at gmail.com. You should subscribe, rate, and review us on any listening device that you do that on and go tell your friends about us so that we could be cool and important in the podcasting world. Hell yeah. Also, if you want to snail mail us, do that at P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. <laughs> and on that beautiful note, my loves, you have a fucking fantastic week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.